0: chapter 8 of how to camp out this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by sarah jennings how to camp out by john m gould chapter 8 the camp it pays well to take some time to find a good spot for a camp if you are only to stop one night it matters not so much but even then you should camp on a dry spot near wood and water where your horse if you have one can be well cared for look out for rotten trees that may fall see that a sudden rain will not drown you out and do not put your tent near the road as it frightens horses for a permanent camp a good prospect is very desirable yet i would not sacrifice all other things to this if you have to carry your baggage any distance by hand you will find it convenient to use two poles tent-poles will serve as a handbarrow upon which to pile and carry your stuff. A floor to the tent is a luxury in which some indulge when in permanent camp. It is not a necessity, of course, but in a tent occupied by ladies or children it adds much to their comfort to have a few boards, an old door, or something of that sort, to step on when dressing. Boards or stepping-stones at the door of the tent partly prevent your bringing mud inside. If you are on a hillside, pitch your tent so that when you sleep, if you are to sleep on the ground, your feet will be lower than your head. You will roll all night, and perhaps roll out of the tent, if you lie across the line running down the hill. As soon as you have pitched your tent, stretch a stout line from the front pole to the back one, near the top, upon which to hang your clothes. You can tighten this line by pulling inwards the foot of one pole before tying the line, and then lifting it back. Do not put your clothes and bedding upon the bare ground, they grow damp very quickly. See too that the food is where ants will not get at it. Do not forget to take two or three candles, and replenish your stock if you burn them. They sometimes are a prime necessity. Also do not pack them where you cannot easily find them in the dark. In a permanent camp you may be tempted to use a lantern with oil, and perhaps you will like it better than candles but when moving about, the lantern lamp and oil can will give you trouble. If you have no candlestick handy, you can use your pocket knife, putting one blade in the bottom or side of the candle, and another blade into the ground or a tent pole. You can quickly cut a candlestick out of a potato, or can drive four nails in a block of wood. If your candles get crushed, or if you have no candles, but have grease without salt in it, You can easily make a slut by putting the grease in a small shallow pan or saucer with a piece of wicking or cotton rag, one end of which shall be in the grease, and the other which you light, held out of it. This is a poor substitute for daylight, and I advise you to rise and retire early, or turn in and turn out if you prefer. You will then have more daylight than you need. BEDS Time used in making a bed is well spent. Never let yourself be persuaded that humps and hollows are good enough for a tired man. If you cut boughs, do not let large sticks go into the bed. Only put in the smaller twigs and leaves. Try your bed before you turn in, and see if it is comfortable. In a permanent camp you ought to take time enough to keep the bed soft. And I like best, for this purpose, to carry a mattress when I can, or to take a sack and fill it with straw, shavings, boughs, or what not. This makes a much better bed and can be taken out daily to the air and sun. By this I avoid the clutter there always is inside a tent filled with boughs, and more than all the ground or floor does not mould in damp weather from the accumulation of rubbish on it. It is better to sleep off the ground if you can, especially if you are rheumatic. For this purpose build some sort of a platform ten inches or more high that will do for a seat in daytime. You can make a sort of spring bottom affair if you can find the poles for it and have a little ingenuity and patience. Or you can more quickly drive four large stakes and nail a framework to them, to which you can nail boards or barrel staves. All this kind of work must be strong, or you can have no rough and tumble sport on it. We used to see in the army sometimes a mattress with a bottom of rubber cloth and a top of heavy drilling, with rather more cotton quilted between them than is put into a thick comforter such a mattress is a fine thing to carry in a wagon when you are on the march but you can make a softer bed than this if you are in a permanent camp sleeping turn in early so as to be up with the sun you may be tempted to sleep in your clothes but if you wish to know what luxury is take them off as you do at home and sleep in a sheet having first taken a bath or at least washed the feet and limbs not many care to do this particularly if the evening air is chilly but it is a comfort of no mean order. If you are short of bed-clothes, as when on the march, you can place over you the clothes you take off, but in that case it is still more necessary to have a good bed underneath. You will always do well to cover the clothes you have taken off, or they will be quite damp in the morning. See that you have plenty of air to breathe. It is not best to have a draught of air sweeping through the tent, but let a plenty of it come in at the feet of the sleeper or the top of the tent. A hammock is a good thing to have in a permanent camp, but do not try to swing it between two tent-poles. It needs a firmer support. Stretch a clothesline somewhere on your campground, where neither you nor your visitors will run into it in the dark. If your camp is where many visitors come by carriage, you will find that it will pay you for your trouble to provide a hitching post where the horses can stand safely. Fastening to guy-lines and tent-poles is dangerous. Sinks In a permanent camp you must be careful to deposit all refuse from the kitchen and table in a hole in the ground, otherwise your camp will be infested with flies and the air will become polluted. These sinkholes may be small and dug every day, or large and partly filled every day or oftener by throwing earth over the deposits. If you wish for health and comfort, do not suffer a place to exist in your camp that will toll flies to it. The sinks should be some distance from your tents. And a dry spot of land is better than a wet one. Observe the same rule in regard to all excrementitious and urinary matter. On the march you can hardly do better than follow the Mosaic Law. See Deuteronomy 23, 12, 13. In permanent camp, or if you propose to stay anywhere for more than three days, the crumbs from the table and the kitchen refuse should be carefully looked after. To this end it is well to avoid eating in the tents where you live swarms of flies will be attracted by very little food. A spade is better, all things considered, than a shovel, either in permanent camp or on the march. HOW TO KEEP WARM When a cold and wet spell of weather overtakes you, you will inquire, how can we keep warm? If you are where wood is very abundant, you can build a big fire ten or fifteen feet from the tent, and the heat will strike through the cloth. This is the poorest way, and if you have only shelter tents your case is still more forlorn. But keep the fire a-going. You can make green wood burn through a pelting storm, but you must have a quantity of it, say six or eight large logs on at one time. You must look out for storms, and have some wood cut beforehand. If you have a stove with you, a little ingenuity will enable you to set it up inside a tent, and run the funnel through the door but unless your funnel is quite long you will have to improvise one to carry the smoke away for the eddies around the tent will make the stove smoke occasionally beyond all endurance since you will need but little fire to keep you warm you can use a funnel made of boards barrel staves old spout and the like old tin cans bootlegs birch bark and stout paper can be made to do service as elbows with the assistance of turf grass ropes and large leaves But I forewarn you, there is not much fun either in rigging your stove and funnel, or in sitting by it and waiting for the storm to blow it down. Still, it is best to be busy. Another way to keep warm is to dig a trench twelve to eighteen inches wide and about two feet deep, running from inside to the outside of the tent. The inside end of the trench should be larger and deeper. Here you build your fire— You cover the trench with flat rocks, and fill up the chinks with stones and turf. Boards can be used after you have gone a few feet from the fireplace. Over the outer end build some kind of a chimney of stones, boxes, boards, or barrels. The fireplace should not be near enough to the side of the tent to endanger it, and the taller a chimney is the better it will draw if you have made the trench of good width and air tight. If you can find a sheet iron covering for the fireplace you will be fortunate For the main difficulty in this heating arrangement is to give it draft enough without letting out smoke and this you cannot easily arrange with rocks in digging your trench and fireplace make them so that the rain shall not flood them fireplace if flat rocks and mud are plenty you can perhaps build a fireplace at the door of your tent outside of course and you will then have something both substantial and valuable Fold one flap of the door as far back as you can, and build one side of the fireplace against the pole, and the other side against, or nearly over to, the corner of the tent. Use large rocks for the lower tiers, and try to have all three walls perpendicular and smooth inside. When up about three feet, or as high as the flap of the tent will allow without its being scorched, put on a large log of green wood for a mantle, or use an iron bar if you have one. Then go on building the chimney. Do not narrow it much. The chimney should be as high as the top of the tent, or eddies of wind will blow down occasionally and smoke you out. Barrels or boxes will do for the top, and you can make a cob-work of split sticks well daubed with mud. All the work of the fireplace and chimney must be made air-tight by filling the chinks with stones or chips and mud. When done, fold and confine the flap of the tent against the stonework and the mantel better tie than nail, as iron rusts the cloth. Do not cut the tent either for this or any other purpose. You will regret it if you do. Keep water handy if there is much woodwork, and do not leave your tent for a long time, nor go to sleep with a big fire blazing. If you have to bring much water into camp, remember that two pails carry about as easily as a single one, provided you have a hoop between to keep them away from your legs." To prevent the water from splashing, put something inside the pail that will float nearly as large as the top of the pail. HUNTER'S CAMP It is not worth while to say much about those hunter's camps which are built in the woods of stout poles, and covered with the brush or the bark of trees. They are exceedingly simple in theory, and difficult in practice unless you are accustomed to using the axe. If you go into the woods without an axman, you had better rely on your tents, and not try to build a camp, for when done, unless there is much labour put in it, it is not so good as a shelter-tent. You can, however, cut a few poles for rafters, and throw the shelter-tent, instead of the bark or brush, over the poles. You have a much larger shelter by this arrangement of the tent than when it is pitched in the regular way and there is the additional advantage of having a large front exposed to the fire, which you will probably build. At the same time, also, the underside of the roof catches and reflects the heat downward. When you put up your tent in this way, however, you must look out not to scorch it, and to take especial care to prevent sparks from burning small holes in it. In fact, whenever you have a roaring fire, you must guard against mischief from it. Do not leave your clothes or blanket hanging near a brisk fire to dry, without confining them, so that sudden gusts of wind shall not take them into the flame. You may sometime have occasion to make a shelter on a ledge or floor where you cannot drive a pin or nail. If you can get rails, poles, joists, or boards, you can make a frame in some one of the ways figured here, and throw your tents over it. These frames will be found useful for other purposes, and it is well to remember how to make them. End of chapter 8